We're live. We're back oh. from break. <laughs> Hour three, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to let Adam say a thing or two, but mostly the next however long we're on this shit is just going to be Jay <laughs> talking about his 6,000 plus miles on the road. 6387. And I've been I think that's uh I'm going to step back. I'm going to let uh John Gardner co-host this. Seth will be host and Jay's going to tell us about his 6,000 some odd mile journey uh during the COVID run and like give us 22 a and a half days. And we know two and a half days on the road. We know that Jay days. likes to talk, so it's not going to take a oh, whole geez. lot. Of, it's oh, it's not going to take. going to kill that air conditioner. It's that not going to take a whole loud. lot of moderating from us. No, no, no. We'll we'll, we'll have a good time. Tavi, love you. How yeah, you doing over there, always, bro? We've got Tavi in the background, kind of listening in. Tavi's a fucking trooper, dude. Tell me about. Uh, he's this, on the he's this, he's on the phone with his uncle right now. It's been an odd episode, man. We had a live audience. We had a remote audience. Unreal. We're here. We got live guests. We got two different fucking guests and co-hosts. Yeah. What a season finale! What a season finale! Hi, everybody. I'm back. I've been kicking it in the peanut gallery for a minute, but Adam wants break, so he's nice enough to let me jump in and talk some shit with the rest of these people, so we'll see where it goes from here. So, so Jay... Um, Can I preface this conversation Well, by before saying, you preface anything, like I just really oh, want to know. I want to make sure that like I'm entirely clear, because I'm, yeah. not, I'm not totally sure, but... Um, is it true that your dick curves back like Aladdin's slippers? It does. When I blow it out, when, if somebody blows on my belly button, it pops out like Aladdin. Uh, it pops out like a party favor. You know what I mean? Like the party favor, like, you know? Yeah, it just, just the same way. You know what I mean? Like, like You got to promise to be, you got to promise not to be mad at me for asking that. Not at all. Not at all. There's a, there's a long story that goes with that story. Um, so for those of you lovely folks who don't know me um, and who have not met me yet, and uh, for uh, our brother in uh, Slovakia, um, my name is Jay, uh, Jay Jabari. and uh, That's not your name, you liar. That is not my name, but Lies. I'm not, not going to give my government name out on this fucking podcast. That's, that's reasonable. Gonna happen. I don't um, give my government name out. That's not true. <laughs> no, I said everybody really knows. knows. Everybody Jay. knows. Don't ask questions. <laughs> it's Jay. Bullshitting and having a good old time. His name's Jay. Don't worry um, about it. So that said, um, just kind of a quick rundown of who I am. Um, I was born and raised in Southwest Houston. Uh, I'm a good old boy from the South. Uh, I love my Southern heritage and I love my Southern past, especially being from Texas extremely proud of being from Texas. Um, and that being said, uh, you know, I, um, I allude to a lot of my very austere growing up and very austere, um, background being this traditional Persian man growing up in a Southern household, uh, in Texas. And, um, I'm a teacher uh, I'm a high school teacher and a football coach and a track coach. And uh, I, I sincerely love that. That's a very big part and very big role in my life. 
but more than anything, uh, being a biker is something that I've been since I was 13 years old. Now, most of that unbeknownst to my family, um, and I know my mom is going to listen to this, and uh, good God help me. Uh, mom, I'm sorry. I know that I lied to you and you never knew about me riding until fuck. I was in my twenties, <laughs> but, um, yes, I've been riding since I was 13 years old. I've been stealing motorcycles and stealing other, uh, other people's motorcycles and taking off and including my next door neighbor, um, at my dad's house, uh, and stealing his dirt bike and, uh, doing a 50 foot jump. <laughs> with his dirt bike at 15 years old. So dirt bikes aren't motorcycles. Well, I mean, off. you got to start somewhere, right? <laughs> yeah, it's so, called a BMX. Um that being said, um enough about me. Uh I'm a very simple person. Um very very simple just, you know, uh you know, Kansas very, wrote a song about you. Yep. Very a simple man, you know. You're a simple um, kind of man. That's it. Um but uh, I'll say this, um, and and before we even begin my section of the the podcast, I'll say this: um, I am eternally uh, grateful and indebted to um, Adam and Seth uh, for hosting me on the show. Uh, I'm eternally indebted to Adam, Alexi, and Jess, who are phenomenal human beings and um, really honestly an extension of every single one of us as human beings. Um, None of this would be possible without them. Um, So I want to share that love, spread that love to them um, to let Adam and Jess know that none of this would be possible without them and that we love them so, so much. Uh, And speaking of so, so um, my beautiful niece, um, so much love and so much respect to that family. Um, so thank you guys for hosting me. Thank you guys for having me here. Um, it is a very big honor and a, a privilege more than anything to be here on the show. So, so your you ride, your ride is not so much a COVID-19 Oregon run ride apart, repeat ride yes, sir. as it is just like you being somebody who rides and laying down miles. Indeed. So I wanted to talk about that. Like, this is not necessarily the ride apart repeat thing. This no, is this just is pre ride apart. Yeah. This is just Jay doing yeah. Jay. This like, is this yeah. Is how he is. Yeah. 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 This is a person who has a bike and rides a bike and one of those people who is like I think probably the rare breed of quote unquote Harley riders yeah. who is not a fair weather rider. This guy puts down miles. Indeed. Regardless of heat, rain, clouds, sun, just on a bike doing the shit that he does. Er day. Er day. Er day. You know what's popping. <laughs> so Ur-day. Oregon run, Oregon COVID run was June 26th through 29th. Mm-hmm. And... Jay is going to tell us about some miles that he's laid down over the last couple months. Yeah. That started about a end month. Of May. Yeah. Into yeah, May, end like about May. a month before the actual Oregon run. Yeah, indeed. So good Lord. Where do I begin? Um, where'd you leave? <laughs> where did I leave? That's a good point. Um, so, um, yeah, where did you leave and, and why sure. did you hit the road? Sure. So where, this story starts actually 
um, is almost a year ago. Um, August 6th of 2019, my lady, uh, Bree and I, uh, Brianna and I, uh, became official and She's named after cheese. Yes. She is named after cheese, Brie, the Brie cheese. So baby, if you're listening, I just I really you. needed to say that because in case she's listening, <laughs> she will definitely, you don't have listening. a real name. You're named after cheese. Get a real name. You're named after cheese. That was his first introduction to Brie, by the way. And Seth and I like brothers, of course, um, very, very close. The minute he meets my girlfriend, he's like, Hey, it's really nice to meet you. You should get a real name. You're named after cheese. <laughs> so, which was pretty badass. Um, and then of course being the awesome person that my lady is, she just kind of rolled with it and, uh, joked back and forth with Seth and it was awesome. But we did a long distance relationship as she lived in Southern California, um, Cherry Valley, Beaumont to be exact, um, and lived between Palm Springs and, uh, where Redlands is so redlands and palm springs um it's right right in between right off of uh, i-10 in california so we started dating and uh she asked me she said how the hell are we going to make this work i said if you trust me and if you believe in me i will make this work so we did long distance for a year every month either i was in california or she was up here and i did this for almost a year yeah i gotta tell you that i'm pretty offended that I didn't meet her before like two months before she moved here after you've been dating for a year Indeed. and she's here. All, she's here all the time. And I never fucking met the lady. Come on, Jay. Hey, I you thought as, we were friends. Bro. No, but you know what? You as my brother, I had to make sure that this is quote unquote the one before I bring her around my brother and ask her for that, uh, ask you for that approval. So that was a that was a respect to you. I'm easy. I'll I'll approve anybody. <laughs> I know you would. I know you would. That's why. Well, I'm a yeah, dude. I'm a I'm a uh, a stamp of I'm a stamp whore. Yeah, I know you're you're a, you're a Brie approver. I know like tan <laughs> like like uh, more ways than one. But. Yeah, like like Ted from How I Met Your Mother. It's like you're a stamp whore. No, your stamp doesn't mean anything because you give it to anything. So that said, um, so in March. Um, in March of 2020, uh, right when COVID hit, I was in the middle of my student teaching, finishing my master's and, uh, March 13th is when we got shut down efficiently, uh, officially and being shut down officially, it sucked, especially being a football coach and a track coach Well, track is in the spring. So we were two weeks into track and it really just, it, it, it shattered my soul because, the girls, so I, I, I coach girls sprints and um, the girls that I was coaching just ended up in tears because they were absolutely were just shattered because the, the, um, the, the season ended. So that being said, I had already done one, one K um, down to Beaumont from my home uh, to go visit Bree and stay with her family and stay there. I was there for about two weeks. Um, and it was lovely. It was wonderful. We had a great time. It was a straight shot on the way there. I took I five, just like I had normally done before. And I was like, this shit sucks. I'm never doing this again. Um, uh, and as we talked earlier in this podcast, we talked about I five. Yeah. It was and how many, how many more times did you do I five after you were like, I'm never doing this again. Uh, 
one more time and I was like, I'm done. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's so, how I feel every time I've done I-5. We did I-5. Dude, I-5 is a pain in the ass. Jesus it's, Christ, man. But it's direct, man. If you got to just crush some miles and get Fuck to a fucking that. place. Uh, no, you know what? Actually, I took 99 after that. Yeah. And that's 99 fair. is faster. You go through Chico, you go through Stockton, and there's things to see. And the one thing, Adam, that I love, all right, and I know you're kind of sitting in the back here like peanut gallery, but I, I love you, but... Check it out. So the one thing that I love about 99 is the entire way there, you know what the median is? They're flower bushes. They're bushes of azaleas that the entire way you're riding and the median is full of flowers. Whereas on I-5, you're riding through a median of bullshit yeah. and it's just you're staring at other cars just coming right at you and you're like, wow, this is the The only part of exhausting. I-5, the only part of I-5 on the entire West Coast that is a even remotely acceptable is like Eugene to Wairica. Indeed. You're talking about Shasta. You're talking about yeah. Ashland pass, yep. Medford, um, grants pass. Cause it's you're, not straight and boring. Absolutely. It's got scenery. It's got curves, but you like we're hanging in there on our one K on Shasta. Yeah. <laughs> like that shit was a riot. So much for doing the speed limit last like, year on the Oregon run, 2019. Um, John and I, John, we weren't even on the Senna's together, so we couldn't even hear each other. Yeah, I was so we were Stephen and Ian. And you we were, were freaking dark, hand signaling. We were hand signaling to each other, and he looks at me and he goes, "Rip it!" And I'm like, "Fucking rip it! Let's do it!" So we rip through from Eugene all the way to Redding. Yeah. We were going at least an average of ninety to ninety-five. At least an average of 70 to 75. <laughs> <laughs> Not even close. If, if I had to All day. All day. All day. So to make a long story longer, uh, and, and, and I apologize for the long intro, um, I embarked on a trip and I said, you know what? I'm going to do this. And... So for, for the listeners, like I said, who don't know me, um, I'm born and raised in Houston, good old boy from, from, from Houston and uh, very proud of it. Um, and I haven't been home in a long time and mind you, I've been living here almost three years in Portland. Um, and I've had family here for umpteen years for 40 plus years. Um, so this has been a second home for me. Portland, Vancouver, Washington, um, has been a second home for me. Uh, but I wanted to go home. I wanted to see my cousin. I wanted to see my father. I wanted to see my aunt. Um, so I, I said, you know what the hell with this? My lady is finishing her bachelor's or I'm sorry. Or she's finishing her associates. She's got at least two weeks of school still left. I'm going to go on a long ass ride. So lo and behold, Seth, I planned a. <laughs> I'm sorry, cut it. But Tommy said, "Nah, he's from Baytown." <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah, man. It's, it's it's fucking hella cool. Is that does that does that does that classify as as Baytown? Hella, hella everything. That's a NorCal thing. Man. Is that a NorCal thing? NorCal, hella, hella hey, everything. <laughs> there you go so um no shit you know there we were we uh, I, I said you know what i'm gonna plan this ride out 
little did I know that I was going to plan out a 64, 6,300 mile ride. It was the entire ride was 6387.6. So 6387.6. Damn, you people in your like fancy numbers, man. I don't keep track of miles like that. The only time yeah. I give a shit about the miles on my odometer is when I got to verify a 1K. <laughs> and I'm always <laughs> over anyway. Yeah, for me, but other than that, like, I, who the fuck cares yeah, what, how many miles the, I, I went? I was just looking. I was, listen, fuck that, man. I was going oil change to oil change. Like, at the end of the day, who gives a shit at the end of the day, right? So I said, you know what? All right, here we go. So I mounted up, packed my stuff, and I 1K'd from Vancouver, Washington to Cherry Valley, uh, California. Didn't yeah. certify. One of these days, you got to get this year's patch, man. No, I know. I'll do this year's patch. I'll do this year's patch. And uh, um, shit, man. You know, if, if he's listening, I, I hope he is. Uh, but uh, fucking a man. One um, k in a day. We gotta. You know, I gotta get that that up and running again. You gotta do it every year. Just, I know. Just to do I feel, it. Like, I feel bad. You start. You can't stop. I man. feel bad. I can't bitch I out feel, this year. Like I've done I, I it feel, every other. I year. feel like, bad because I've already done five one Ks this year. Yeah. So all yeah, you gotta so. do is take some motherfucking pictures. It ain't that hard. <laughs> you got a cell phone in your pocket. Like pull your shit together, man. Take some pictures. So I take Focus off. Um, I take off. This is the end of May. I want to say this is May twentieth. Uh, May nineteenth. May twentieth. Um, we take off. I'm like. Fuck it. It's time to roll. Let's do this. So I, I get up and May 19th, May 20th. I forgot which day it is, um, but it's one of those two days. And I got up and I 1K'd my ass all the way, 1,100 miles from Vancouver, Washington to Cherry Valley, California, to her to her door. So from door to door, it's 1,100 miles. Hot diggity. And it was awesome. It was a great ride. I-5 sucked ass as usual. Um, but I didn't know about 99 and I said, you know what? I'll, I'm just going to cook it. So I, I made it down there, um, all the way and Seth on the way. Um, it's cool, real cool weather. I hit rain on the way from Salem all the way to, um, I would say about Ashland. And then the minute I crossed through Ashland pass, which is always a bitch by the way, No, no, I took I five, I took I five. Right? Yeah, yeah. This time, this going down, right? I took uh, I five down, and on the way down. So this is at the beginning of this whole sixty three hundred mile trip, sixty three eighty seven. So six, almost sixty four hundred mile trip. I said, you know what? I'm just gonna take I five and just cruise the entire way. So I'm go, I'm cruising at about eighty, anywhere between eighty and ninety five, just depending on whether there are stadies or whatnot. And I'm flying down, um, and I'm cruising through rain all the way through Ashland. And after that, obviously, through getting through uh, Oregon, it starts to warm up. And I'm like, hell yeah. So I get to ditch the the freeze out. I get to ditch the gear and stuff. And I'm super happy about it. Now I'm cruising. And go through Redding, go through SAC. Now you're cruising down. You finally hit Bakersfield, which is... Seth's hometown, <laughs> you know, that part. Um, but I will regularly say people talk shit about Bakersfield. And my immediate response is, are you from there? And they're like, no. And I'm like, well, then shut the shut fuck up. Shut the fuck up. It is a shithole. 
But it's my shithole. You're shit not hole. wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong, but it's my shithole. It's my shit. That's how Here's the th- so so that's how I feel about Houston. If anybody talks shit about Houston, I'm like, yo, that's my shithole. Yeah. Fuck you. Buck Owens, you don't know me, but you don't like me. You say you care less how I feel, but how many of you that sit and judge me ever walk the streets of Bakersfield? Mm. That's my shithole. Mm. It is a shithole. And if you're not from there, if you're not born you and don't raised, appreciate it. shut the fuck up. Absolutely. It's even worse if you're not from Absolutely. I mean, I've been through my fair share of times. I've never stopped. I can't say I ever really want <laughs> all to, two, especially all after two. knowing you. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, all I mean, two it exits. It is what it is. You know? They're like, Do I've been. Grapevine, get the fuck out. And like, that's fine. And that's, it's people like, oh, it was like, I tell them I'm from Bakersfield and they go, I've been through there. Exactly. Yeah. You've yes. been, through there. been through yes. there. <laughs> I spent the first 18 years of my life there. I know exactly what it's like. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of the, like my one, my one minute claim to fame is Jonathan Davis, the lead singer of corn. My no family, my family is friends with his family. I've been to backyard barbecues at his dad's house. I know that dude. It's like a, a, uh, what <laughs> I can't think of the word that I'm looking for. It's like a dubious, a dubious claim to fame is like, I've known John Davis from corn my entire fucking life. That town sucks. And if you think it sucks, you're right. But if you're not from there, <laughs> shut the fuck up and suck my dick. That's it. Like I'm That's from it. there. Done and done. Shut up. Yeah, exactly. And that's how that's how I feel. Like honestly, being here for the past shit two and a half years, man, almost three years. Like I've met so many people that are like, "Fuck Houston," blah blah blah, this and that. And I'm like, "Look, man, like, can you keep your fucking opinion to yourself?" Like, I love Houston, man. Like that's my hometown. Like I was born and raised there. Like I'm super proud to be Texan. Um, there is a certain austerity. And I say this to preface this entire trip to say this, like, Adam, there is a certain austerity to being Texan, right? In Texas, everybody treats each other like family. We love each other. We care for each other. We really, really take care of one another. It doesn't matter. If you're white. I'm sorry. Nothing. (laughs) (laughs) But that's a lot coming from Jim. I'm not. I mean, and nobody the, is. He very rarely, white, yeah. right? Technically, technically, I am white. I am Persian, which is the original, the original foundations yeah. of what the Aryan, race the original is, Aryans, right? But at the end of the day, like <laughs> you know, I don't look like fucking Seth, or I don't look like John Gardner, or I don't look like. You know, Adam, no, I, I, I look like fucking Haji Taliban from the fucking Middle East. You know what I mean? And it, it, it kills me because people don't realize or, or don't take enough time to recognize the, the history behind it. It kills me. It kills me. Um, it takes all of zero dollars and zero cents and maybe 30 minutes of your time, Adam, to be able to educate yourself. And that's what fucking kills me more than anything, man. It costs zero. Um, and as a teacher, that hurts me even more. As a teacher and as a history and social studies teacher, it hurts me even more that people will not take that time, will not take that opportunity 
to say, hey, you know what? I'm going to take this five minutes to educate myself. So here's the thing. It's like uh, we, we tend to really avoid being super political, but I got to take a moment and say like white, black, brown, red, yellow. These are not races. These are flesh tones. We are all subdivisions. Yeah. Subdivisions of the human race. Thank you. There are no, it's not, there's not a black race. There's not a red race. There's not a brown race. Absolutely. There is the human race and there are different skin tones and those skin tones are based upon where your ancestry originally comes from and genetic variations that have to do with where the hell you're from and how you evolve to that region. Like geographically, the people with light skin tones, white skin tones of the human race come from places that are colder and darker most of the year because we don't need melanin protection from the sun. Precisely. Darker skin tones come from places that are hotter and brighter most of the year. But those people are still human beings of a different skin tone. It's not a racial difference. It's a tonal difference. If only, if if only the masses understood that brother. I just really want to, let's, let's talk, let's get back to talking about motorcycles. Let's talk about this fucking trip. Let me, let me, let me, let me ride fast motorcycles and drink whiskey. That part. Let me, uh, let me sip this whiskey real quick. This is to Tavi. Cheers, brother. I know you're over there hanging out in the peanut gallery all day. Mm. Even before here, he was in CC's with us. I know, man. Love you, bud. Real burp. You there? Love you. Hey, come back in. Come back in, man. Bring your, bring your voice back in, man. We love you, buddy. Thank you so much for being we like grab being him here and, and a just for being a you. We fucking love you, dude. Uh, love you guys too. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> We're pointing the mic at you, Tommy. I, I appreciate that. Thank you. Enjoy you guys talk. We love you, Tommy. So, cheers to Tommy. Cheers. Cheers, boys. Bye's. 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 Prost. Ding dong. Whatever. Um, Cilantro. mm, Cilantro, indeed. So, to to, to jump into the meat and potatoes of this this entire ride. 6,000 fucking miles. 6,300 miles, man. And I said, you know what? I'm going to do this, and I'm going to do this right. So... Before I even get into um, the rest of the ride, I want to give a shout out to James uh, over at Banff Moto. And if you've never heard of Banff Moto, um, then you need to take your ass onto the internet and type in B-A-M-F. That's Bravo Alpha Mike Foxtrot Moto. Type in Banff Moto and hit James up. Because this man is an amazing human being. He's helped me out more times than none. Um, And holy smokes, man. You want to talk about a dude that will get you squared away for your ride? 
is James. James hooked me up with a new rear tire, got me everything that I was ready to rock and roll with, and I hit the road without a care in my mind, Seth. And if you need a new belt, that motherfucker does his own leather work in the shop, too. In a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. There is, I can't, I can't, I got to jump in with you, Jay, but like there's, I cannot say enough about James of Banff. He's fantastic. He's family. I He's will family. go to him 100% of the time first. Yeah. And he will tell me if he can't help me. And the thing that it I is think very is fucking rare. It is extremely rare that this man cannot find what you need. Yeah. And that's the thing is like I, I for a long time I played I played it close to the vest. I didn't really like put him out there, but he has been very clear and very transparent that here's the thing that you need to know. B Bravo Alpha Mike Foxtrot. That's it. Banff Moto. If you are looking for a part he will not pay. He will not let you pay less to buy your shit online. Absolutely. And I told him, I was like, I can't really just like, ah, like it may, it feels weird to say that, but like he has made it abundantly clear. Absolutely. Tell everyone. He will not let you pay less to buy online. And it's a family owned and operated yeah. business. Dude, it's he him, is a single his proprietor wife and his yeah. kids. Yeah. He's like, just up the street from Adam. He's like, that's in it. The yeah. Holy you support smokes. The locals, like you know? how, how can you not go to this human being? He is a single, literally lays his heart at your feet. Yeah. He is a single proprietor. And if you go to him, he will do everything in his power. And I've told him time and time again, I don't care if you can beat an online price. I will pay whatever it is over more just to support you. Yes. Yep. 100%. Go to BAM. If you live in the Oregon, if you live in Oregon, if you live in the Portland area specifically, specifically, but in Oregon, he will drop ship to you. Yep. And especially his, right now during COVID-19. Yeah. His because, prices are ridiculous. Yep. Like if you're like, if you are 70 plus dollars on your order, that shit's free shipping and it will drop to your fucking door. Tires, rims, Parts, accessories, clothing, O-rings. It doesn't fucking matter. At the end of the day, this man will take care of you. I cannot praise this man enough. Um, I, 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 I hold him to the same regard that I hold John, Seth, and Adam, uh, who are sitting right here with me. Um, I got to tell you, if this this sounds like, I mean, I realize it's it's like piling on because it's all of us talking about it. But this is not an advertisement. This is just really fucking legit. We all use James Abanf. Yep. We wouldn't be people t- talking no, about good let's, people. Let's be let's be honest, man. We wouldn't be talking about it if it wasn't relevant, yeah. right? If it really wasn't relevant. And be, to be honest with you guys, like so, me as just a a normal pedestrian, normal civilian human being. I'm no longer in the military. Um, just as a normal human being, guys, let me be honest with you. Anybody that's listening to this podcast, if you're not going through James, you're fucking up. You are absolutely fucking up. And I'll tell you why. Because this guy is going to treat you just like he would his 
his own brother, his own sister, cousin, mother, uncle, dog, next door neighbor. It doesn't matter. He's going to treat you like family and he's going to take care of you and make sure you get exactly what you need. So that being said, shout out to James at Banff. Love you. Love you more than words can possibly express. Thank you so much for taking care of me. And that's because he got you on the road for the, I feel like we still haven't talked about when did you leave town and where were you headed? So May 19th, May 20th, Tavi, um, headed out towards, uh, Beaumont, California and did a one K just shot it straight shot. I left at like three, four a.m. Yeah. Yeah. Three, four, three, four <laughs> o'clock in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I fuck got up, that. got my shit squared away and I got on the road. I was like, fuck this dude. I'm getting there at least by midnight. So I leave here, um, hit rain all the way through Medford ish. And then oh. it cleared up. And then, just like a 1K. dude, California was beautiful, which is almost like a couple years ago when on my FZ when I went from Portland to Reno. Precisely, like rain yep. We've the all been entire there. way. Yeah. Yeah. If you life. live in the Pacific Northwest and you're riding in the Pacific Northwest, and there are more riders in the Pacific Northwest than anywhere else in the if country, you don't ride in the rain. You don't fucking ride. Yeah, dude, dude that's just, just, how just, it just is. fucking a uh, 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 hey, hey, cool, n- nice fucking uh, uh, um, nice. Uh, Bike night bike. <laughs> yeah. Nah. Nice bike night bike. Oh, hey, why don't you wash your bike at the, cause it fucking, cause how the fuck anybody's going to know that it, I ride ra- it. it rains. Yeah. It gets wet and then I like, it's fine. Jay, you have a black bike and it's beautiful. Why don't you ever wash it? Well, how the fuck is anybody going to know that I ride it? Yeah. Even if you wash it, it looked the same way. Like <laughs> <laughs> that is what's the point? So true. So you went straight through from Portland to straight Beaumont to Beaumont. Um, and that was 1100 miles from door to door and it was so, super fucking awesome. You had stops on the way though. So like, what was that like? How often were you stopping? How so long were you stopping? No, no. I drank bang, which we talked about earlier. Uh, so I drank bang. That's fine. Uh, and bang didn't give me the crash. It didn't give me the, the, the down slope of what, yeah. uh, uh, I guess, so to speak, Red Bull would. So I don't get a crash. I I don't get a crash off Red Bull. I do. But I, but then again, I that's Chuck that Norris's thing. pee bottled in a can. Yeah. Ain't that right, Tommy? Yeah, Chuck yeah. Norris's pee. Tommy, you know, he signs on this bullshit. Wouldn't you agree, Adam? Red Bull is just Chuck Norris's pee bottled in a can. Sure. There you go. That seems reasonable. So that being said, uh, I make it down there. I stopped every... So I have a 240-mile range on a full tank. I would stop every about 200 miles. All right. So I ran ran tank to tank. Um, And I cooked my ass all the way down there. All of a sudden, I get through um, this area by the name of Tejon. Oh, yeah, Tejon. Fuck Tejon. It is so hot. And it is a whole lot of nothingness. Por supuesto, we. So I get through Tejon. I'm dropping into Santa Clarita. And as I'm going through the mountains just north of L.A., all of a sudden I hit through that fucking area. Downpour. And it's not just a downpour. It is like pissing down rain. 
hard. It, it's a fucking monsoon. It's a yeah. monsoon. So I get hit with this rain, and now mind you, I had just put this new fender on, right on my on my roking special. Just put this CVO fender on, and the wire connectors, right, the connectors to the rear LED lights, are disconnecting because the fucking guy by the way fuck nasty hog i don't know if anybody's ever bought nasty hog or anybody's dealt with nasty hog but jesus christ man um it was a nightmare dealing with these people um and i've talked to the owner his name is paul he's tried to make amends and and i and i forgive him for it and i and i thank him for uh for making amends but holy shit what a nightmare dealing with this company yeah um so I get this new fender. It's an ABS fender and, and the lights and everything. And everything just starts coming apart. And the, the connector starts coming apart. And it's just fucking... Uh, my light starts sparking. Ooh. Right? Starts throwing sparks because of the rain. And because the connector won't connect into the housing of the actual light body. I'm like, Jesus, dude. This is bullshit. So I pull over in the middle of the rain uh, on my way on 210, I believe. Mm-hmm. Um going through Pasadena to drop back down into I-10 to head out west, or I'm yep. sorry, head out east uh, to um, Riverside, right? I pull over, I'm, I'm messing with these lights, shit's going crazy or whatever the case is. This dude pulls up behind me and he's a he's a county sheriff or whatever the case is. And this uh, like five foot three black man walks out county deputy or whatever case is hey man how you doing what's going on there i was like dude i am so sorry i don't mean to stop you i know it's raining like crazy i'm just messing with my lights i'm making sure everything is okay he's like are you okay i was like dude i just came a thousand miles i am a hundred miles away from home just let me get there to my lady and i just need to go to sleep he goes oh shit no problem man yeah what do you need i was like i need a spotlight he goes Done and done. He goes to his car, grabs his mag light, holds it while I'm fixing the wiring and the lighting of all this bullshit. And he comes back and he goes, hey, I'll escort you the rest of the way. I was like, that's out of your jurisdiction. Told him, I was like, that's out of your jurisdiction. He goes, I don't care. I want to make sure that you're safe. And I said, dude, that's awesome. This dude in a torrential downpour in the middle of freaking Northern California, escorted me all the way until Redlands. Riverside's not Northern California. No, no, no. I'm not Northern California. I'm talking like, this is North North LA. Yeah. You North said side. Northern California. My, my apologies. I didn't mean Northern yeah. California. North, northern, northern <laughs> LA, right? So he, I yeah, know, I bro. know, I know. Talk, talk about California. The Baker- That's why ba- this motherfucker's never gonna be an Oregonian. You fucking bag. exactly Bakersfield. Hey, Bakersfield for life, bitch. Hey, never gonna be an Oregonian with that fucking attitude. Hey. Shh. <laughs> <laughs> so no shit. I, I finally get in. And uh, he escorts me. This guy, man, such a nice human being, man. Uh, I wish I would have got his name. But such a nice person. Escorted me all the way to um, to Redlands. 
and then through Redlands, I had to, I had to, I had to go the rest of the way, and I got the rest of the way, and I get past this. His name is Officer Policeman. Officer Police Guy, and uh, I get through this area, uh, and the area right before you hit Redlands is, or I'm sorry, right after Redlands. It doesn't matter, man. I get right past this area where the Harley Davidson dealership is, Mm -hmm. right? Between Redlands and fucking Beaumont. Yeah. And I'm passing through, and the rain starts coming down in sheets. Sheets. I'm like, fuck this. It's cold. It's end of May. It's end of May. It's in the 50s. I'm wearing freeze-out gear. This I don't believe you. It doesn't rain in California. Bullshit. They're always in a drought because there's no rain. Shit. But when it rains, it pours. So, it's just how it is. So my brown ass, all right, ends up hitting this, all right, because, of course, <laughs> it's my luck. Yeah. And lo and behold, the minute I hit this little area right before I get to fucking Cherry Valley, Beaumont, I hit this little area and... I'll be damned, dude. I'm going through this little, like, like this little construction zone, and I'm going about 80, 90, right? Flying. Through the pouring rain. Dude. 60, 65. And it's, mind you, it's like it's like midnight, 1230, almost 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Pitch black, pouring rain. John, ass. holy shit, dude. Living I look life. down. I hit, I hit this black streak of I don't know what the hell it was. And my ass end almost gave out, man. And that was it. I was like, okay, well, I'm about to die. The the ass end swiveled a little bit. I let off the throttle. I let off the brake. And I said, it'll correct itself. If not. Not always the case. I was like, if not. Dude, I was like, if not, I'm going to die. And so I'm running. um, Seth, I'm running. uh no, no, no. What the fuck am I running? Is that... No, no, no. American Elites. I'm running American Elites. Dunlop. Dunlop. That shout out to... Shout out to so fucking Dunlop. If I would have had Avon, I may not have died. But for real. Holy shit. I was running Dunlop American Elites. And that ass end gave out. And I said, you know what? I'm going to let go of everything. And if I die, I die. But I'm about four miles from home. When in doubt, throttle out. That's what I was just about to say, man. Like, I'm on a different class. The Asin asin gave out and just whacked that throttle open. Wide open. To win it, man. It's the only way they survive. I let go. It corrected itself. The minute it corrected itself, I fucking downshift. Boom. Grabbed the throttle. I was gone. Take the exit for Cherry Valley. I get there. It's still raining. I'm pissed off. Poor Bree, she's standing in the driveway just waiting on me. And I get in and she's looking at me and she knows that I am not about the shit. So she didn't say anything to me. Let me go in, take a shower. I was cold. I was tired. That was a miserable 1K. Now, continue. I stayed there for two days. I got there on a Wednesday. Friday morning. I get up and I said, you know what, man? I have to go meet these guys. <laughs> so Friday morning, I have to go meet this guy. His name is Matt, right? 
Uh, Matt, by the way, if you're listening or if you're, if you're listening to this podcast, mad love to you, mad love to the friends, mad love to all of you guys. He's uh, probably not listening unless you text him and tell him to listen to I it. will definitely do that. This shit ain't um, posted yet. It's fine. But, He's got time. But seriously, yeah. thank you, um, for the love, the hospitality. I appreciate you guys. Uh, Matt is the owner of rebel reaper, uh, clothing. All right. And rebel reaper makes custom Custom cuts, custom vests, uh, custom vests make salvage denim, all kinds of crazy shit, dude. So I, I looked at his website earlier. Uh, I can see the whiskey's getting to you over there. Yeah, Taylor. no, that's fine. I don't worry about that little guy, right? No, it's just, it's just. I looked at his shit. It's good. It's not my shit. So he's gonna have to do like real custom, custom me you a denim guy though like you gotta get that fancy denim shit going no i mean the the selfish denim that i saw like i saw that shit and he's got like a couple different like but here's the thing he's got 14 ounce and he's got 12 and a half ounce indeed but here's the thing 20 if it's not no 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 is is that the minimum as far as i'm concerned i won't buy any less than 20 ounce okay that's cool because like Personally, like that's fine, but like if it's under fourteen, is it really denim? It's Arguable. Denim. It's denim. It's not. It's not bike. Yeah. It's not yeah. us denim. Yeah. You don't it's want not, that hipster like, shit. You want so he's real deal. he's got fourteen. He's got twelve and a half, and that's fine. But I'm like fourteen is like why do you even make twelve and a half? Uh, and I feel that same way about like I bought fashion, some. I bought. No, that's cool because I bought denim from a couple different companies, and one of them was a a lighter weight denim. Yeah, yeah. I will never buy denim from that company below that weight ever again. I've had fourteen ounce denim that is immaculate. I know what company you're talking about, by the way. And I bought twelve and a half ounce denim from another company, and I was like. The twelve and a half, de- the twelve and a half ounce denim that I bought from a different company, I've had for less than six months, and that shit's done. It's done and dusted, and I've never ridden in it. It's like daily wear denim, and yeah. it's fucked up. So daily use is what wears on shit. It's prolonged time and exposure. Man. That's like Levi's, dude. I've, I've, I've bought Levi's my entire life. Right. Yeah. And the Levi's that I buy, eventually they always fucking split right in my crotch. They always split. They always get a fucking hole because I'm getting on and off the bike all the time. Mine's my asshole. Yeah. 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 yeah it's <laughs> my, everybody wants up my ass. Yeah. It's my booty hole. Like, Levi's I get, I get a little fucking hole there. <clears throat> Levi's had Levi's had a denim line, the 501 CT with the stretch. No, buck stretch. stretch. Oh, buck. Excuse me, buck stretch. Pure cotton denim. Levi's 501 CT. Okay, they stopped making that the, that that five the Levi's. You know why? Five, because they knew you bought it. That's why. No, that's just how it is. Levi Levi's five hundred one CT is the best denim Levi's has ever made. As soon as they threw stretch in that shit, mm-hmm. they ruined it. I agree that stretch is bad. So with 
with denim, what you're looking at is uh, you want pure cotton to start with. And then on top of that, like indigo direct from Japan is fire retardant. So you're looking at, you want 20 ounce denim, you want fire retardant indigo, and then you're fucking dialed. Like if you get into spandex and shit like that, all you're doing is adding weakness into an awesome product. Yeah. You're not lying. You're not Levi's, lying. The Levi's 501 CT. But, but so it is for fucking thunder thighs over here. All right. I, I, I have to have the stretch. So here's hey, the thing I have to tell you, Jay. Cut. No. Yeah. Thank you, John. Here's what I have to say, Jay. If you need spandex, if you need spandex in your denim, you need to find a different cut. Find a different cut because there is no reason for a work fabric garment to have stretch in it. (laughs) Ever. Gusseted. Gusseted. I'm wearing right now, right now I'm wearing Carhartt women's. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Carhartt. Holy shit. Carhartt slim fit women's. I have front. So, so they are double front, but I got beef with you. Carhartt. These are work pants. Women do manual labor. Women work. There is no fucking reason for these pants to have stretch in them. There is a, there is absolutely every reason for you to make a women's cut, slim fit, thigh gap, thigh gap. <laughs> no, fuck that. I got duck, chub rub. Rigid, rigid duck fabric. Just like Den- traditional like, duck yeah. double front. Yeah, Those but I got. Well, so, what about, so what about so what about guys like me that have chub rub? Buy a different cut, bro. There's a cut for you. There's a cut for everyone, man. It's out there. You just gotta go look at. Yeah, uh, as as Adam as Adam Smith says, gusseted, fuck stretch fabric. Okay. As soon as you throw spandex into something, it ruins the integrity of it. It's no longer a work fabric. Fair enough. Fair enough. Forty years of manual. Tavi, do you agree? The feel. You just got to wax it. He does. Tavi does agree. Tavi, as a construction worker, is nodding his head. He we agrees. Get, we get you the throws. Tavi approval. Carhartt's all day. Say that one more time for the kids in the back. Carhartt's all day. Okay. Okay. Double duck knee. The general consensus is OG Carhartt double front. It's yeah. where it's at. Like why don't I work pants putting in pockets? Like I wear my fucking riding pants. I got knee pads. Like if you're listening, work pants need CE pockets. Our hurts got you. D3O with knee pockets for work pants. What do it? What he said. So Jay, you went to Southern California, and so then I, you... I get to Bree, and uh, then I head out. Two days later, I head out to Phoenix, and I'm like, you know what, man? I'm going to go visit this guy. Uh, so shout out to Matt at Red at Rebel Weeper. Um, I fell in love with the fact that he is just such a down-to-earth person. Um, I fell in love with the fact that he is a extremely um, heart-forward, very real human being, and that's, it's, it's very rare that you meet someone 
that is the face of a company, but not only is the face of the company, is the owner and operator and the guy who packages your shit and sends it to your house. Moto. Right? Other than Bamf, obviously. He is he is literally No, no, that's a good point. That's a good point. I mean, that's it. It's local. Adam, you're absolutely right. He is the James of Arizona. Right? And I love that about him. I respect that about him. Now, mind you, um Matt is not the most fucking lovey-dovey, you know, I'm going to throw my arm around you, hey, my brother kind of person. But at the same time, he sees through the bullshit and he will call you out if you're full of shit. And he is the coolest, most chillest dude outside of this region that I've ever met. Really fucking rad dude. And I really hope to God that he's listening to this because he is fucking awesome. He is an amazing human being. The first night I got there, right, I went there on a whim to make a friend. I didn't go there to to, to buy a cut, by the way, Adam. I didn't go Why there to I didn't both I didn't go there to buy a cut. I didn't go there to see his business. No, I went there to fucking make a friend. And that's exactly what happened. Is I made a friend. He introduced me to his wife later that uh, later that evening. He introduced me to all of his other friends, and dude, it was fucking awesome. So the next day, I get there on a Friday, right? So wait, so did you take Bree with you down there, or is this no, a- no, no? Bree was still in school. Yeah, she was finishing her her uh, associates in mortuary science, right? So oh, she she was. She was. She she did that to get the experience so that she can go into pathology. I'm gonna go hide. <laughs> Don't be scared. No, I'm not scared. Yeah, she I'm did that. So you oh. you you ripped down you ripped down to LA to see Bree and then you took a side trip. Correct. Out to Phoenix. Went out on I ten. Okay. Went to Phoenix. Went to actually went to Scottsdale. Went and saw Matt at Rebel Reaper. Hung out with him, Nico, the rest of the boys. They at, they invited me. They said, "Hey, the next morning we're gonna go on a uh, on a ride." I said, "Okay, yeah, shit. I came to ride with you guys. Yeah, let's do it." He goes, "All right, cool. Meet me at such and such place at nine a.m." Fuck, hey, dude, you ain't got to tell me twice. Yeah. So I show up, and next thing you know, there's ten bikes ready to rock and roll. Ten a.m. Kickstands up. We're fucking ready are all these guys I was like I don't even know who these people are I know two of you you Matt and Nico and he goes yo these are all our friends man get to know them I was like all right cool I get to know these guys next thing you know every single one of them ex-military ex-military just like myself ex-military fucking ex this ex that super fucking cool people took me in without a without a shadow of a doubt took me in and I'm this good old boy from Texas living in fucking Vancouver, Washington and they welcome me with open arms and they're like, "Hey, you want to go for a ride with us?" I was like, "Hell yeah." Little did I know, Adam, that this is going to be a 300 mile ride. Right? On a Saturday. I mean, real I mean, rides start at north of 200. After I rode 1500 miles to get there. So I'm like, "All right, fuck it, yeah, let's do it." So we did tortilla flats. We rode all the way up through a, a, a ghost town called Jerome. 
right? Jerome, uh, Arizona. Yeah. Went through the Grand Canyon, absolutely beautiful, and then dropped back down. I want to say it's 17 or something like that. And then ended up back in, in Phoenix, Scottsdale. Hung out with the boys. A lot of the guys were super offended. They were like, yo, next time you come back, when you finish your trip through te- through New Mexico, through Texas, through Oklahoma, come back, whatever the case is, through New Mexico, back again, please stay with us. Don't buy a, uh, don't get a hotel. And I was like, okay, these guys get it. These guys understand what it is to be a biker. This is fucking dope. So I, I continue my trip the next day, get up and I rode straight shot from Phoenix all the way to El Paso. And I stayed with a guy who very genuinely and, 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 and very liberally saved my life. So to um, this guy was a sergeant at the, uh, while I was in the army. He saved my life while we were in the army, and uh, definitely saved my fucking life. He was a combat combat medic. Um, so I went to go visit him and his family in El Paso. So I rode straight from Phoenix to El Paso. Um, got there, got set up, stayed with him overnight, then got up from there, and then from El Paso. Road to San Antonio. Uh, San Antonio, for those of y'all who don't know, San Antonio to El pa- or El Paso to San Antonio is a long-ass ride through West Texas that is a whole lot of nothing. Just fucking a whole lot of nothing. So I'm hauling ass. Now, mind you, Seth, it's like 97, 98 the entire way. It's hot. I don't ride in the desert, man. Fuck Dude, that shit. Dude, hot, man. Hot, hot. Right? That's how I ended up with this fucking tan, by the way. I got a nice Dude, little... You always look like that. What I, are you talking about? Well, hey, you know what? It pays to be brown, so whatever. Um, <laughs> Dude, I so I get there. I get to San Antonio. I stay the night uh, there. I stay there for about three days uh, with a friend of mine. And then I cook out from there, shoot from San Antonio to Houston, get to Houston, see my father. And I stay there for five days. Right? I stay there for four and a half days. My cousin hits me up and says, hey, I heard you're here. Let's go. And I said, what's up? He goes, yo, I got I just bought a boat. And I was like, okay, cool. So we go out. We hit the boat. Out on Lake Conroe. I'm there having a great time. It was fantastic. Right There's out. no lakes in Texas, Jay. <laughs> Lake Conroe, man. Lake Conroe's the shit. <laughs> yeah, it was fucking awesome. So we go out there, see my cousin, hang out, come back, say my goodbyes, and uh, then I head up to Dallas. And the old club that I used to be a part of was LAMA, Latin American Motorcycle Association. Done for four years. Um, it was awesome. It was great. Wonderful memories. I know. No, uh, no, no doubt. Right. Everybody kept asking me. They were uh, like, Yo. skin tone. <laughs> Indeed. That's racist. Um, so I have, so I have some brothers in uh, San Antonio and also in, in, in Dallas that were all still part of uh llama or affiliated. Um, so I went to go visit a brother of mine, shark, 
in, uh, in in Dallas, and I stayed with him and his lovely wife, um, and we hung out and whatever the case is. Then the next day, I get up, I rode from Houston, Dallas, Dallas to Santa Fe, and I had two ants that live in Santa Fe. But instead of going up straight through Amarillo, I shot up, went through Oklahoma, dropped down into Amarillo, and then over to Santa Fe. That was a hell of a ride. And I think with that, uh, as Jay is headed back towards the West Coast and all that shit, we are going to peel off, take a moment, break smoke break take a break and we'll come back and finish j ride back to the west and back up north oh baby sounds good seth going back seth grab that fucking bottle of there's like a splash put that away we don't need that and the empty bottle no that's empties are empties empties empty we can't damage done there's no going back Oh, Jesus. Did that break? Because wings. Uh, we got wings. We got fried pickles. We got uh, fucking More fries. fries we two large with. fries. We got fat. That's oh, we got. look at Seth, man. He's picking shit off his shirt. <laughs> Dude. Loose um, hit Seth. He decided he needs a nap. So John's going to take over his spot. Yeah, John's got my spot, and I got the floor behind the couch. <laughs> <laughs> fucking out. I love your faces. <laughs> so when's the last time you guys got this fucked up for a podcast? Uh, I mean, <laughs> I was gonna say, pilot, pilot, we did pretty good. We got two bottles deep just between the two of us. Well, we're two bottles deep between the four of us, and Jesus. So that's like twice as much. Oh, Jesus. We hurt ourselves on the first episode. Ouch. That was a learning experience. But yeah, other than that, this is pretty average. So where do we start? Or where actually, where do we finish? Where did you leave off, man? You, you were, were telling your story. He okay. Was telling, he was oh, yeah, yeah. So ride continues. Like I said, I, I, left, uh, Santa, I left El Paso. Uh, I went to see a combat medic that is just an amazing human being. He saved my life. Phenomenal human being. Went to visit him and his family and his awesome kids. I had a chance to coach his kids while I was in the army uh, and coach his kids in football. And uh, just an amazing human being. So I stayed with them. And a great experience. Just wonderful. Just seeing people that I love on the road. I had two weeks to kill. So I'm sorry. I had three weeks to kill. Uh, So 21 days and I made it back to uh, Beaumont, California, in 23 days, 22 to 23 days, somewhere in between there. On the way back, I shot over on 40, John, from Dallas, and I took 40 all the way to Flagstaff. And then Cruising. from Flagstaff, I dropped down on 17 and went straight south to Phoenix. Well, guys, Texas is fucking hot, right? Don't get me wrong. Hot and flat. Texas is hot and flat as shit, dude. It was horrible. But nothing compares to hitting Flagstaff at 82, 84 degrees. Beautiful weather. You're riding. You're cruising. And Flagstaff is to die for. Oh, yeah. 
But the problem is, is about 30 minutes north to about an hour north of Phoenix, you get into the hottest hills you have ever been in your fucking life in the United States. Dude, it was 112 degrees. Nope. Fuck all of that. A whole lot of nope. So, I almost want to say who, 112 degrees. Yeah, 112 degrees is bad enough, but there's... If you get, uh, like, um, a speed versus temperature chart, once you get over 60 miles an hour, you deal with convection. So 112 degrees, if you were doing 75, 80 miles an hour, it's more like 130 Exactly. Yeah, you're in a fucking right. blast so, oven. So here's the problem is my brand new, I mean, it's a 2017. I got 40,000 miles on it. My brand new 2017 Road King Special is now all of a sudden I hit this area and I forgot the name of the town, but it's just north uh, on 17 of from Phoenix. The fucking oil light comes on and I'm like, oh shit, this is not good. By the time you see the light, you're already doing damage. Indeed. So I pull over. I was like, oh shit, this is throwing a code. So I checked the codes and you know, you, you know, on the newer ones, all you have to do is just check the, the, um, the trip dometer, the trip odometer that changes all of the, yeah, it changes the flash codes. Yeah. Shit. The flash codes. So you do that and you turn the ignition at the same time and it, and it turns on the flash codes. So I ran the codes and the fucking thing read, Hey, by the way, your oil pressure is way too high and you're about to blow your pump. Oil pressure is too high. Too high. Now I'll tell you why. Altitude? No, the freaking heat turned the oil from viscous to damn near water. Right. And the pump was working too hard to push this like water through it and it wasn't viscous enough. So the so it kicked off a code, and now I'm like, what the fuck, dude? Are you kidding me? There's not much you can do about that. There's not a damn not thing you're you running can do. 2050. Yeah. So, <laughs> and now mind you, I'm riding 90, I'm, I'm riding 90 to anywhere between 90 and 100 miles an hour. Cruising. Holy shit. I was like, dude, I'm about to be stuck in the middle of nowhere in 112 degree heat in Arizona. And the guys that I know are about an hour away. Now, mind you, the guys that I know are the guys that I spoke of earlier was Matt, the owner of Rebel Reaper, um, my buddy Nico, and a shit ton of other friends um, that are all either ex-Marines, ex-Army, super fucking cool guys. A buddy of mine named Jake, who is a pro-BMXer, pro-BMXer gone Dynabro. And just amazing human beings. Like I, I wish to God, I, I really hope that they're watching or, or they're listening to this because I fucking love these guys. They're just like us. You're gonna have to right? hit them up and tell them. To I'm tune telling in. you, dude, they're yeah. just like us and just like us to a fault. Like so much so to where, like, if I invited these guys to the Oregon Run next year, they would be here just like the guys from Canada. Black and gold nice. is here. They would be here too, in a heartbeat. These guys are bad ass. Um. I make it there, fortunately. Now, mind you, I burned off. I I saw the rubber on my tires melting. And I'm like, like, fuck, this is not good, dude. So I finally get there. I get there and I just douse myself in water. Make it there. No big deal. Everything is okay. Stayed there the next day. And then we had a party. Uh, We had a coming back party. Um, 
and a bunch of guys. I'm talking like 14, 15 dudes. Like I got, I got pictures of this. All got together. They were like, yo, Jay is back. We're going to throw a party. Fuck yeah. And these are guys that I met literally one time, man. This is what I love about being on the road and being a biker. Like these guys are fucking phenomenal. Yeah. It doesn't matter how long you're away. It's home. Exactly. Yeah. And they were like, they were like, yo, Jay, come stay with us. Don't buy, don't get a hotel again. Like, we're sorry that you had to get a hotel the first time. We'll get you taken, taken care of. So they were like fighting over where I'm going to stay. Oh no, no, stay at my house. Oh no, 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 stay at my house. And these are guys that I literally met one time passing through before. And it was just so much love and so much reciprocity, man. I have mad love for these guys. And again, if they're listening, uh, guys, I have so much love for you. Thank you so much for the, the love and hospitality uh, and taking care of me while I was on the road. You guys are amazing. And I love you guys just like I love my my, my Portland family. Um, That's how it should be. Dude. You, know, you should always take care of, of fucking family, whether they're road family or their neighbor's family or whatever, man. Your family's your family. Adam, you know, I'll tell you something, man. And, and you've heard me say this before. Um especially growing up in Texas, you know what I mean? And, and not having a whole lot of immediate family around. I'll say this, like, you know, there's a saying that I have, and I say this not only to my kids that I teach in high school, uh, but also to you guys. And you've, you've heard me say this before, especially on the Oregon run last year, blood makes you related. Loyalty makes you family. Yeah, exactly. Oh, you yeah. have the family that you're born with and the family that you choose. Exactly. I have blood that's not family and I have family that's not blood. Exactly. Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. Speaking of which, that's though, you know, speaking of which, though, I, I did want to, you know, in, in the current culture and climate that we're in, I wanted to highlight some kind of shitty events that happened on the way too. Um, yeah, it, man. I, I think we all want to hear about that. Mm. More importantly, we want to hear about somebody who's on the road and has to deal with this shit on a day-to-day basis instead of, you know, another person that's just interjecting their uninformed opinion on this on this subject. Well, I appreciate that. Thank you. Um, bro, I'll tell you, you know, like, as a person of color, you know what I mean? And and though though I may not be looked at as a person of color, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm Persian, and I definitely look Middle Eastern and I have the very strong Middle Eastern features. Um, I'll tell you this, man. You know, it, it depends on where I'm at, but I definitely get different looks. And I wasn't as cognizant of it until I was on my way back from Texas. And I made my loop through Texas from Santa, you know, from El Paso, San Antonio, San Antonio to Houston, where I'm born and raised, which Houston is a freaking melting pot it's i mean it's a wonderful wonderful place um and then to dallas where you know is another melting pot to san antonio which was you know an epicenter of um mexican culture and mexican uh influence which was absolutely beautiful man i mean i love it um but then and then on on top of that to go and swing through uh Santa Fe New Mexico where my aunts live and see my aunts and I mean just just culture after culture after culture I'm thinking wow what an amazing trip of people that are just arms wide open in the middle of this fucking global pandemic COVID-19 bullshit that's just weighing so heavy on so many people like how beautiful is it that everybody's been so 
kind and so accepting and so arms wide open. You know what I mean? Like it's been just such an amazing experience. And then I leave Phoenix after I come back. I rode with them for a couple of days and, and hung out with them again. And I'm headed back to California and everything was okay, by the way. Okay, from, from Arizona to California, except it was, again, 110, 112, 114 degrees going through Indio and going through um, Coachella and going through Palm Springs. It was fucking hot. Like, it was hurting. It was so hot. Um, as I was telling you guys before, and it wasn't on the podcast, but I was telling you guys over at CC, it was so hot that I took a cool-out gear, dunked it in water, put it back on, got on the road and rode down maybe 15 minutes and I was completely dry again. Yep. And then yeah, I remember doing that on the Oregon run. I jumped in the river, clothes and all, boots still on and just drenched myself. And just yeah, ridiculous. 20 You're minutes, talking about two years ago, right? later, bone dry again. Get 20 minutes of comfort and then it's all fucking sweat. Yep. Yep. So you're talking about two years ago, right? Yeah, breakdown run. Breakdown run, yeah. Yeah, serious heat, fucking high desert. Yeah. Killing us all. I watched Seth fucking struggle busting at last camp. He didn't even stay. He had to go home, man. He was suffering. But yeah, that heat was for real. Heat yeah. will fucking get to you, especially over a long period of time. And there's only so many layers on road, you can take man. off. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. mean, at a certain point, you're buck naked, still suffering. Like, it doesn't do you any good because then you're showing skin. Yep. Yeah. You just start getting sunburned. It's like and shit. damned if you do, damned if you don't. So now, you know, and, and, and you know, obviously we, we, we talked about this before and, you know, kind of highlighting this 6,300 mile ride. Like we talked about like one of the biggest, most important things about highlighting this ride is all of the different shit that you have to navigate through, right. On a, on a ride like that. Like it's not just a physical ride. It is a mental psychological ride that is just fucking with you the whole time. So your, your mind is to, or your, your physical body is telling you fuck this pull over stop done your your psychological your psyche is telling you no don't be a pussy just fucking keep riding you're a badass right this is what people love you and respect you for keep pushing stop being an asshole and then on the flip side you have your bike telling you hey motherfucker i'm about to break down you may want to stop hell yeah so it's a it's the Casey Jones phenomena. It is, you know, totally. It, yeah, it really is. And you're sitting back going, "Wow, man." You know, and and I hate to get super sentimental and and, and you know and super touchy feely about this, but there is really nothing that constitutes the shit that we deal with on a day to day basis with life in general, like riding a motorcycle. Yeah, you're totally exposed. Elements, the road, the the social interactions, you're exposed to everything on a motorcycle. There's nothing that you're protected from. I mean, but we've been doing this. So, I'm, like, this year marks 20 years I've been doing this, right? Just turned 33 on Tuesday. This will be 20 years that I've been doing this. In 20 years, it has never changed. Now, mind you, there's been different social experiences that I've had, Right? Me as a person of color, I have been more accepted and more widely kind of thrown an arm around by more diverse clubs than non, right? Now, mind you, I don't, I don't want to discount all of the other clubs that are more 
um, Anglo-Saxon white dominant that I've received love from as well. But at the end of the day, right? You know, you receive all of this love and support and everything from all of these different facets. And you're like, hell yeah, I'm going to keep pushing on. I'm going to keep doing it. Psychologically, it tells you like, holy shit, it's just like life itself. Right. And now, mind you, I'm, I'm getting a little philosophical here. It's just like life itself. We navigate through all kinds of ups and downs. Now, looking at our current social climate. Man, how do I say this? It's. It didn't hit me until I left Texas at 18 years old. Right. And then I moved up here and then I went to the military and then I went to Virginia and North Carolina and South Carolina. And then all of a sudden ended up, ended up in Indiana somehow, Illinois and Indiana and Missouri and things like that. It wasn't until after I left Texas that I faced this really weird, adverse discrimination. Um, and that's something for me, man, especially as a biker, like as somebody who's like very arms wide open, just if you're on two wheels, I fucking love you. I don't care what color or what your sexual orientation is, or I don't give a shit, man. Like Even what you ride, I man. don't care what you ride. Now, mind you, if you ride anything other than a Harley, I'm going to blast on you just a little bit, you know, just because we're ripped or just because we're ribbing each other. Yeah, but fuck you guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, fucking, I love you guys. I, I love everybody that's on two wheels. I don't give a shit, man. I'll. Now, yeah, uh, yeah, Seth. Yeah, unless yeah. unless your like primary form of transportation is a fucking Vespa, and then I'm like, all right, like you're on a scooter. I mean, mopeds are almost not two wheels. It's I do know a girl that's like four two, and a scooter is the only two wheels that she can ride on. I give her a pass. I can respect that. I can respect that. Yeah, yeah. But if you had another reason, nah. Eh. Yeah, exactly. So saying that. I'm making my way back and I'm passing through, like I said, I'm passing through Indio. I'm passing through, um, uh, Coachella. I'm passing through Palm Springs and it's high desert, fucking hot as hell on my way back to get to Brie. Now, mind you, Brie is finally done with school. Her classes are done. Now all she has to do is just take tests. And I'm like, yes. All right, cool. She's done. She doesn't, she's, she's already put her two week notice in. She's her two week notice is over with work. Everything is good to go. She's ready to move up. I get back and I'm like, all right, babe, here we go. We're going to have a couple, you know, we'll have like a couple going away parties. We had one with her friends, one with her family, things like that. And we stayed for a couple more days. I want to say it was like four or five more days. Um, so I don't count those as riding days. Then we get her packed up, ready to rock and roll, man. Um, and now mind you, I just graduated, just finished my master's. And the day that we get ready to rock and roll, that morning, we're leaving and we want to leave at like 08. I get a phone call. Hey, Mr. Jabari, how are you? Blah, blah, blah. I just interviewed you yesterday. Do you remember who I am? I was like, yeah, absolutely. They're like, hey, we have a full-time teaching position for you at such and such high school and a full-time coaching varsity position for you. I was like, dude, this is fantastic, man. Everything yeah. is good. So I'm like flying this ultimate high. Now, mind you. Adam, I'm already 5,300, no, I'm sorry, 5,200 miles already into the ride, okay? And 20 days in, 21 days in. I'm ready, man. Life is great. Everything, like, nothing could kill my high at that point. 
I got my lady with me. She finished her education. She's accepted to school up here, right? She loves writing. She understands our culture. I have a job, right? I, you know, I'm still engaging in my writing. Everything is going great. She's going to follow me in her car. We get in the car and we start driving. Driving, we get a little bit, like right before you get to um, Bakersfield. We yeah, get, just out the grapevine. Indeed. We, we get right past Tejon, right? Which is you go up the mountains and then all of a sudden drop down and then it's flat as all shit. Right. And there's that one big ass stop, the shops at Tejon. And it's like one on this side and one on that side of the highway. And nobody lets me use their restroom. And this is well before we even got out there that I started noticing, like, why is everybody being a dick to me? And even to my lady and my lady, right, is half Spanish, Mexican, half Scotch, Irish. Right, So she looks very white. She has very white, complected features. But then you have my brown ass that's been cooking in the sun anyway. So I got darker. And I don't necessarily look like fucking... My name is Seth Paddock. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, you know, I the look picture like... picture of white privilege passed yeah, out on the floor. I, 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 I look like, you know, I look like my, my, my name is Rizvan Rauf or fucking, or, or, you know, I look like my name is goddamn, you know, Muhammad uh, Al Jazeera, you know what I mean? Something, you know what I mean? And not to be stereotypical, of course, and my apologies if I offended anybody, but at the end of the day, like, I don't look like your typical white American, right? But yet I am. I was born and raised in Houston, fucking Texas. I used to drive a Dodge Ram 2500 on... On, on, you know, on 40 or what was it? On 36 inch tires with a 12 inch lift. Like what the fuck else? I used to have a dog named Buford. It was a Basset Hound. How much more American do you want me to fucking get? But why is that a, th- why is that a thing is my question. Why do I have to prove how like gung ho white American I am? I think that's the, the big question. Yeah. And personally for me, you don't have to prove jack shit the fact that you're on two wheels is good enough for me but i understand like that that my impression of you and and my understanding of you as a person isn't anything like the outside world's impression of you and i understand that it's skewed i don't know how to make it different you know i'll tell you something adam i went through um John, what was the name of that that stop that we did? Roseland. Roseland. Do you remember the the pilot at Roseland last year? The one year? after we froze our asses off? Yes. Yeah, that one. You remember the pilot at Roseland? Yeah. Okay. So, Roseland, Oregon. Fuck yeah. Right? So, the even the pilot at Roseland, Oregon, and I'm still in Oregon, and it's backwoods country, Oregon, I was still being treated as a normal human being. Yeah, man, we were all suffering that day. Like, we rolled in as a group. Right. And every single one of us was suffering now, that shit you, together. I'm, ta- I'm talking about this 6,300-mile trip. Fuck yeah. Okay. On this entire trip, I did not face discrimination or any kind of adverse shit until I hit that area in Tejon and then all the way up to Redding. And that's the oddity because... Typically, when you hear California, you think like very liberal, liberal, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. understanding. But that's 
not the reality of the situation. Correct. And I and, and, and again, I am now mind you guys and, and to to our listeners, I I do not want to get political at all. No, my not, my intention is not to get political. We've always stood on the ground that that race isn't a political subject. Yes. And indeed I, I want to highlight like I am only sharing my experience, right? I'm not voicing any kind of affiliation. I'm not sharing You're not an illegal alien. No. You're you're here legally. You were born here. Mm-hmm. You've if I remember right, you're military. You've served your country. Indeed, like, yes, sir. Like, so, yes. I mean, that's the and that's the pinnacle of what you can do. I haven't served my fucking country. Like, why am why am I treated better than you when I stop to get gas? Why am I allowed to use the fucking bathroom? And that is the question that we're facing in this climate and culture that we're in currently. That is the that that is the biggest question that we're facing. Like, why is there such a division? Why does there have to be this profound division of, oh, you fall in this category, but not this category? Well, I'm sorry to say and, you know, I'm not sorry if I offend anybody, but fuck the categories. Why can't we just be human beings? And you know, there's some people out there that are going to think that this is an isolated case. Like, I know that personally within my family, you know. My mother has a story that fits right alongside yours where she was on a cross-country ride and she's like 4,000 miles in and she's like covered with dirt and stops in this like roadside place where, you know, they don't have a sink in the bathroom. It's only out in the main room and like she stops to wash her face and somebody yells at her for washing her face in the sink. But the difference is, is when her 60-year-old, you know, senior citizen white face turned around and looked up at the person telling her she couldn't wash her face in the sink, they stopped. Mm -hmm. And they're like, you're fine. Just do what you need to do. And with you, I don't feel like that was, that was the case. Like once people realized that it was a necessity for you and that it was something that needed to happen, you weren't given that basic human respect of just take care of what you need to do. Correct. You know, I wish that was the case, Adam. I wish that was the case because I showed up in Hemet, California Right, right before I get to Beaumont, and nobody, nobody would let me use their restroom. And I looked at them and said, Hey, look, I understand all the COVID shit's going on. I totally understand. Look, I've been on the road since Phoenix and it's hot. Can I please use your restroom just to wash up? I wanted to take my, my gear off. Like, I wanted to take my cut off. I wanted to take my. I wanted to ch- to shed any layers I could and then just put on um, just some long, just like a, just a thin long sleeve shirt and just some cool pants or whatever, just so I can ride and, and, and make it without dying of heat exhaustion. And nobody would fucking let me. And your experience of being denied access to a bathroom, I'm not trying to, to belittle that with this story, but I've had that happen to me on a motorcycle where I've pulled up to a gas station and I was like, like, oh, you won't let me use your bathroom? And I've seriously stood between the pumps, pulled my dick out, and pissed in their parking lot because I didn't have fear of anything else happening to me beyond, what are you going to do, call the fucking cops? Yeah. I'm white. Like, they're not going to do shit to me. Like, so, in in my experience, like, that's it. Like, you don't let me use your bathroom, I'll piss in your fucking parking lot. Holy shit, I wish I had that kind of, I, I wish I could make that kind of ballsy call. Now, mind you, now, you know I'm. I'm it's no, different. You know? I'm no, I'm no punk bitch, but you know, you know that. You, but you can't. Do, do that. you know what kind of adverse effect that would have to me as a human being? Like, 
just thinking about you're it, risking like, your life by pissing in somebody's parking lot absolutely I'm risking, I'm risking pissing somebody off and being told that i can't use that gas station anymore i'm risking losing my, my career risk. right i could get fired i could get arrested hell in our current culture and climate shit i could end up dead that's a sex crime yeah you, you i could end up a with- fucking pedophile with a with with, with a, a, a sexual what is it um Exposing uh, yourself, yeah, indecent yeah. exposure. I could be a, be a sex offender. Are you fucking kidding me, man? Like, I'm a high school teacher. I love my career. I busted my ass to get to where I am in my career, and I'll be goddamned if I if I risk that. But I will say, like, and and we've known each other for a long time, man, and I love you. But your worries are totally different than my worries, and that, I think that that's the big point of understanding that people have to have. It's like. Like yeah, so I've I've experienced a similar situation to you, granted, but I was able to deal with it in different ways than you're able to deal with it. And and if that's the takeaway that people get from this, that they understand that that you have a lot more consideration in regards to how you have to conduct yourself and how I have to conduct myself just based on, you know, skin tone. You know, that's literally the only thing. Where is like, the equity, brother? There, it's not where is the equity there there is no equity and that's kind of what the argument is is like is is for equal rights you know to have this same type of response when like if that guy calls the cops on me fuck it pull me over i don't give a shit i'll tell the cop to his face yeah i piss in their parking lot they wouldn't let me use the bathroom <laughs> and they'll be like yeah that son of a bitch didn't let you use the bathroom good thing you pissed in his parking lot and that's pretty much the end of the the story at that but you're gonna get beat down Absolutely. Absolutely. Without a doubt in my mind. And I get pulled over on the way back. Right. Uh, I'm sorry. No, no, no. On the, on the way back. I didn't. This was on the, this was back in March. I apologize. Um, on the way back, fortunately, um, with Bree following me, everything was okay. Everything was cool. We didn't take I five. We took 99 instead. Uh, in 99, you, you, you go through Chico and Stockton and you go through all these really cool, you know, back towns of California. And I love 99. It was great. Like I actually really enjoyed it and, and Bree enjoyed it as well following me because there was more to see and it wasn't just flat and dead and bullshit like it is normally on I-5. So there was more to see. There was constantly another town or another city coming up. You also go through Visalia. Uh, which uh, one of my really good friends, uh, Jonathan, is from Visalia. Um, so, you know, a lot of really cool experiences. It wasn't that time. It wasn't this this sixty three hundred mile trip. It was that when I was in March, I was coming back from my you know going and visiting Bree. I come back, and on the way I got stopped, and I wasn't even speeding. What blew my mind is that I'm actually doing the speed limit and I got pulled over. Now, mind you, I'm wearing short sleeves, so I'm exposed. And obviously, my, you see my skin tone is a little bit more sun-kissed, I like to call it. <laughs> yeah, um, tattoos don't help. Call tattoos either. don't help either, of course. You know, I'm already a fucking vigilante, of, apparently, because I have tattoos, even though I have a master's degree in, in teaching and, you know... A U.S. Army veteran and a very accomplished, educated individual, or at least I like to think I, I am. You know what I mean? I say that humbly, of course. Um, I get pulled over on the way back, and the guy's like, hey, son. I was like, in my mind, I'm thinking, first of all, I'm not your fucking son. Well, and that should be your first clue that you're in trouble. 
He said, hey, he's son. putting you in a fucking box at that point. Indeed. Like, you're not as equal. You're well below him. Yeah. Like, and this is in, um, this is in right around just south of uh, Sacramento. Yeah. Okay. Uh, right off of I-5. Hey, son. I said, yes, sir. Where are you going? That way. Where are you coming from? That way. Well, you ain't going to give me no straight answers, huh? And I said, sir, what am I in trouble for? Well, I was checking because we had a report of such and such and such with with the same kind of description of your bike. I was like, does the license plate match? Well, we didn't have a license plate match or anything, but we had a description. I just wanted to make sure. I said, sir. And I, it, it pained me to have to say this. It pained me, Adam. I said, sir, with all due respect, I'm a good old boy from Houston, Texas. I'm a U.S. Army veteran. I'm a high school teacher and a football coach, and I'm just headed home to go see my mother. That's it. Yeah. And he goes, Okay, let me see your license registration real quick. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. Okay, fine. Gave him my license, gave him my registration. He went back. Still never told me what I did wrong or why he would why he would have pulled me over. Fine. Profiling, sure, there's an APB out for something similar, which I highly doubt. Black vehicle. I mean, that's it. That's, yeah. that's why you got pulled I mean, you over. You say black motorcycle, you just describe half motorcycle. the people on motorcycles. Not even black motorcycle, black vehicle. Vehicle with black paint. Boom. You're a fucking target. Adam, he goes and comes back and goes, All right, bud, you're good to go, man. Thanks for your service. And at that point, I didn't know whether to say thanks or, Hey, man, go fuck yourself. Yeah. Yep. Being the very level-headed, cool, just composed person that I am, I said, You know what? Thank you. Have a nice day. Yeah, yeah, I get it. You know, but and- I worried for a second. I worried for a second. I was like, is this the day that I actually go to jail for doing nothing? I'm white, but I'm white trash. So, you know, I'm not going to say that, that I have it as bad as people of color in my situation, but I've definitely had to deal with my end of police stuff that is not up to snuff. And a lot of it has to do with my physical appearance and, you know, granted, I've got the color of my skin working in my favor, and I've been in situations where probably if I was a person of color, I would have been shot in the same situations. But I absolutely get where you're coming from, where where cops profile you based on you know your vehicle, your the way you look, whatever it is. I you know my my cars were searched for 15 years every time I got pulled over because one cop put me down as suspected of drug trafficking even though there was nothing in my fucking car. And every time I got pulled over after that, they tore my fucking car apart. You know, the cop would pull me over and I'd have to bolt my seats back into my car after they leave. You know, they just leave my seat sitting on the fucking sidewalk. And, Unbelievable. And it's, and, you know, I'm not saying that, like, it wouldn't be worse if I was a person of color, because it would be. If I was a POC, things I probably would have been shot the second or third time that I got pulled over in one of those situations. But I'm white, so all I had to do was sit there and take it until they were done and left. It's it's 
yeah, man. I mean, I understand the frustration of dealing in that situation. I can't imagine having one more thing fucking stacked against me in that situation. Now, mind you, I'm not over here saying, oh, woe is me. I've never been no. one. I've never been one to victimize myself. I just kind of dismiss. I don't think anybody's and, getting that opinion. Yeah, and I and I don't want anybody to feel like, hey, look, like, hey, feel sorry for me, blah, blah, blah. No, not at all. Um, but at the same time, it does raise the question, and as a history and social studies teacher, it does raise the question of where is the equity in our policing? Well, and where have we grown over the last 75 years? Like, where is the growth? There really isn't any. It's stagnant. Yeah. Stagnant, for sure. Stagnant. Um, and it's sad. And now... This is to say at the same time, and and I always love to look at the bottle, right? Like this beautiful bottle of High West that that we polished and fully done. There's not one damn drop left in it. But I like to look at that bottle from two different angles. I like to look at it from the angle that's facing me, and then I like to look, turn the bottle and look at it from an angle that was not facing me. Looking at it from a different angle, I have a profound amount of uh, of respect, right? for those that are in positions of power law enforcement that are really doing a bang up amazing job making sure that hum, you know that that us as as human beings and people of our community are safe right yeah, like that i guy want with the spotlight that helped you out on ab- the way absolutely yeah. oh yeah I, I didn't even yeah did i did i already talk about that you, you did, did. Yeah. yeah the gentleman that 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 helped me now mind you i didn't feel threatened at all he pulled up behind me black gentleman Right, sheriff, right, uh, uh, deputy sheriff, pulled up behind me while I was trying to mess around with these lights, and it's pissing down rain on top of me. But he was black, and the minute he gets out of his car, he's walking out all cool, mo d, you know, just kind of, kind of like with his little swagger, and looks over. He's like, "What's up, brother? How you doing? Hey, you doing all right? Is there anything I can do for you?" I was like, "Oh shit, he's one of my guys. Hey, how you doing? What's good?" <laughs> right, but why? Yeah. Is my question, why the fuck does it take that for me to feel comfortable? Why can't why can't Buford Cletus Jones from Backwoods, Mississippi still make still create that same level of comfort for me? And and I think that that's something that needs to be addressed for sure. You know, I I definitely think that there's a huge difference between the city police which are a hired position and then the sheriff's department, which is an elected position. So the the sheriff in the county is elected, and then they deputize uh, you know, deputies that they know will do the job properly. Absolutely. So in smaller communities, you've got these, these sheriffs that are elected because of their stance and standing in the community, and then they hire people underneath them that uphold those ideals and that kind of that kind of idea. And I think that that needs to move more into general policing. Like there needs to be more of a, of a hand of the people deciding who's leading the police and what type of message we want the police handing down to the people. I agree wholeheartedly, but as it is right now, you know, once you get into state and city police in those hired positions, it's just all about revenue gains. And it's like, absolutely. Who can I take the money from? That's not going to have a leg to stand on when they get to court and they're just going to have to pay their fine. (laughs) And typically that comes from low income whites and then, you know, people of color. Yeah. Cause you don't have money to hire a lawyer. Or if you do have money to hire a lawyer, 
they can't represent you in court because of some other factor. And so you wind up having to pay the fine either way. So what happens is people of color who are generally already marginalized as is, right, or may not have the same kind of resources or faculties, right, available, now then are victimized. And then you have a larger, more dominant frequency of what? Of oppression or what it seems like. So you now you have this, the, 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 it's the proof scale, of concept. Yeah, the scale is now offset. So the perception now is, oh shit, this scale is offset. The intent, again, I I, I go with that rosy-colored introspection <laughs> that I probably shouldn't, that everybody's intent is actually good. Their execution is shit. Right. <laughs> their their intent may be good, but their execution is ass, and we need to fix that. So that's the approach I take. I don't like to go through life thinking that everybody's bad or that a certain um, that a certain ethnic group is is bad. I hate that shit. They're like, oh, white people are racist. Fuck that, man. No, dude. Listen, I'm sitting with three white men right now who love me and would 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 I hope would gladly bleed for me because I would do the same for them. Yeah, man. I mean, that's, that's where we're at. We're family. Yeah. No doubt. Um, And I get where you're coming from with that shit. And I feel like, and this is just me running off the top of my head in the moment. So let's say highway patrol pulls you over. So they're looking at the back end of a car that they don't know. Person in the driver's seat, they don't know. Now it's a matter of checking the list to figure out how bad of a guy you are. You know, it's like like when they first pull you over, you are the baddest of the bad guys. They assume that there's drugs in your car. They assume that you've got a trunk full of drugs. They assume that you're going to do something violent. So then it's a matter of, of like trying to make them feel at ease to get those check marks off so that you can be seen as a human being and treated as such before you can be led on your way. And... I, I don't know how to quickly move through that process. And obviously, you know, people of color have a harder time moving through that checklist than myself or, you know, other white people have. Because, you know, once they come up to the window and they see a white person behind the, the, the wheel of the car, automatically they go into, like, their Karen mode where they're like, okay, this is just somebody fucking up today. Whereas, you know, they've been dealing with cartel if they're a highway patrol or something yep, like that. Yep, and yep. So obviously a brown person is going to give them more reserve towards moving them out of that predatory column and into the average citizen column. And it's, I'm not saying that it's right. I'm not saying that it's okay. And I'm not trying to justify the actions of the police here, but just to kind of spitball and figure out, like, I don't know what we can do as individuals to kind of bridge that gap. Yeah. I, I don't know. I don't think anyone knows. This is a tough topic. Yeah. You know, it's unfortunately, and and coming coming at it from a sociology perspective, unfortunately, because innately, as human beings, we have a natural disposition to classify the difference between the us and the them. Now, the us and the them can go much further than just skin color. 
Oh man. So I, I've actually been talking about this a lot lately and I think that it goes back to, um, elementary school and self-preservation school rivalry. Yeah. So you're trained at an early age that your school is the best school and the neighboring school are a bunch of fucking assholes. And whenever you have a sports event, it's your job to put them in the fucking dirt because those guys are pieces of shit and you're all right. Dude, yeah, I'm a coach. If- I talk shit about, well, I'm not going to name the school, but I, I talk shit about the, the, the our rival schools all the time. Are you kidding me? Yeah, but but that's where the indoctrination Absolutely. starts. Absolutely. So now you've already got the division between humanity. And then from there, it's just proof of concept all the way through. It's like, okay, well, now I have this backing up that proof. But what you're not looking for are reasons to disprove it. You're looking for reasons to prove it. To validate it. you've already been told it. Exactly. So when you sit in, if you're an officer and you sit through, you know, a, a class about cartels and they're teaching you about, you know, running drugs across the border and 18 wheelers with false bottoms that are moving cocaine into the country and all this stuff. And you pull somebody over that's that has brown skin, that's one check mark in the column of bad guys. Immediately that wall's gonna go up. Yeah. Immediately that wall's gonna go up. And you're gonna start checking boxes. Yep. And that's what it comes down to is I, I really feel like they're just checking boxes. You know? And if you have that first check mark against you, it's that much easier to make the second and third check mark against you. And then next thing you know you're in handcuffs. Yes, sir. Absolutely. Now, I mean, we. Uh, I digress. And, yeah, I mean, we don't have to talk about this yeah, all day. I, I digress. It's complicated. And it's it's something. It is that, an extremely precarious situation, and I wanna I wanna express to our listeners that let like look, regardless of whatever your disposition is, and regardless of whatever your feeling is about, it's not going to stop you from riding your motorcycle. Right. It's right? not going to stop you from riding your motorcycle. Fucking ride, ride it like you stole it. All right. And those of you folks who are people of color, fucking live your life, do what you got to do. Right. Um, and, and face each problem as they come. Um, there are bigger problems on the grander scale. And if you want to take an active role in that, by all means, that's your prerogative. Please, by all means, be an activist. Yes, I support you 100 um, percent. But for the sake of our podcast and for sake of what we're talking about right now, I'll say this like. Be a good person. And it goes back to what we talked about earlier, man. Those foundations of Zoroastrianism. Say good things. Think good things. Do good things. Sum it up. Don't be a fuckhead. Don't be a fuckhead. (laughs) Don't be a fuckhead, man. That's it. So to wrap up my crazy trip, um, and and mind you, by the time I got to Bree, I was already 5,200 miles in. And holy smokes, what an amazing trip. What an absolutely amazing trip. Um, seeing friends, seeing family. Seth has passed the fuck out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, seeing friends, seeing family, traveling literally halfway across the country and coming oh, yeah. back. Um, guys, I would not have traded it for the world because the minute I got back, I saw that beautiful girl standing in the driveway ready to rock and roll, man. And I got back before she did to her house and she had just gotten off of work and uh, I was sitting in her driveway ready and she got back and she pulls in from work smiling from cheek to cheek, from ear to ear, man. And, you know, you guys know my lady, man. She's just, oh, she's good people. She's an amazing woman, man. And just seeing her just light up like a Christmas tree when I got back 
And she knew like, okay, this is now the next page of this chapter of our lives. And that next page is our lives together. So I grabbed her hand. I said, baby, I got you. Let's do this. We packed up her car and we headed back. And, oh, we, yeah. and we headed back, man. And like I said, I, I dealt with a little bit of adversity. We highlighted that. Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to kind of beat a dead horse at this point. Um, but you know, we de- dealt with a little bit of adversity on the way back and, uh, God bless this girl, man. She's fucking awesome, dude. She's never driven more than maybe two, 300 miles ever in her entire life. You guys push that one K straight through. Fuck. I wish. No, um, we did. We rode from Beaumont to Reading, spent the night in Reading and then finished it the rest the next day from Reading back. Um, and just the experience that we had, we had tons of tons of memories on the road. Um, there was a point in the road, Adam, where she had never done this before. Obviously, like she doesn't come from a biker culture. She doesn't understand what the fuck we do. So I put my I put my bike in on cruise control and we're cruising, <laughs> we're cruising down. And I was like, babe, water. And I'm fucking dying. Like I'm hot as all hell. And she, I put it in cruise control. She pulls up next to me and grabs and hands me a bottle of water from the window to like to my hand. And then I'm trying to like fit it into my Biltwell helmet, which oh, is not a shit which not as which is not a mod which which is not a modular at all, right? So like I'm trying to like fit it in there, and it's like a squirt bottle. So I'm like spraying water, and I'm like, oh fuck, I have a microphone in there. So like <laughs> spraying uh, water. Hey, that shit's waterproof. Don't worry about that. <laughs> Oh my God, dude. I was spilling water all over the place. Got water all over me. And then like, mind you, she's like riding over to like get the bottle back. It almost hits me just dying, laughing like this poor girl, man. What am I putting her through right now? <laughs> um, we made it back 6387, 6,387 miles, man. The roughest part was going through Ashland. So crossing into uh, Ashland Pass, Adam, we get up there and we're we're driving, and all of a sudden, man, we're going in the temperature. Now, mind you, we've been driving through California the day before, and it's been 112, 110, 99, 100, 102, whatever the case is, all like 98 and up, hot as all hell. Now, all of a sudden, we get to Mount Shasta, and we're passing Mount Shasta, and we get to like Ashland area. And it's fucking 53 degrees. Damn. Yeah, that's a shock. Talk about a swing, man. I was like, what the hell is this, man? Did the Pacific Northwest forget that it's summer? There is no summer here. It's an illusion. No shit, dude. I had to put on. And early. I had to put on freeze out gear. I had to put on three different base layers. And we get up to Ashland Pass. Adam, all of a sudden, we're up there. And this poor girl, man, freaks out. And she's in her little like Toyota Corolla. Right. Early, early two thousands, Toyota Corolla freaks out because it's pissing down rain again. And then there's fog and I on the bike could not see from where I'm sitting to the wall. Right. Yeah. 10 feet or less, 10 feet. I couldn't see that in front of me. So she freaks out, gets in front of me as kind of like a meat curtain. Right. Oh, yeah. Uh, or I'm sorry. Meat, meat shield. shield. My bad. My bad. Sorry. Meat curtains. My bad. I'm, I like meat curtains. Um, she gets in front of me as as like a meat shield, and I'm like, all right, cool. 
Now I know she's freaking out, man. And we finally get out of there. We come down. We get to um, what's that little shit town right after you get out of uh, right after you you finally get through Ashland Pass and everything. It starts with an N. I mean, Medford? I've been there. I can't remember the is names. Is it New Medford? Medford or is Medford. it Newburg? No, Newburgh's way north. I think That's what I was talking about. about. Yeah, Newburgh. Newburgh's like just south of Portland. Oh, never mind. No, no, no. Way south of that. Yeah. Had to have been Medford. After Medford. Oh, from there. Oh, no, I'm sorry. Before Medford. No, no, no. I'm sorry. Before Medford. It's called Phoenix. Okay. Yeah. Phoenix is just barely before Medford. Precisely. So, like, we just get out of Ashland Pass. We get into Phoenix, man, and we finally pull over to get some gas. And I'm, like, shivering like crazy. I'm dying of cold. I'm wet. I'm soaking wet. And poor girl's just shaking. She's like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like, what is this ride? Babe, don't worry. Just kind of push it through. It's okay. And then finally, I don't know what the hell, man. She went inside. She went, grabbed grabbed some water or whatever, came out. And she came out with this air of confidence that I've never seen before. And she's like, babe, you got this. Come on. You can push through it. Come on. Fucking sack up. And I'm like, oh, shit. Yeah. Fucking send it. Let's do it. All right. Cool. So, like, it gave me this renewed confidence that I needed. Um and we, we jump back on the bike, man. We're ready to rock and roll. We're ripping through, and we get back. And finally, man, we get back to the house, and it was just this hug and kiss. And, baby, I love you. I'm so happy that you did this. 1,100 miles from home to home. Like, welcome home. You're here. Mom loves you. My family loves you. I love you. Welcome home. And that was kind of like a indirectly I was telling myself, like, hey, you got this. You did this. You know what I mean? You dealt you dealt with all kinds of adversity, met all kinds of people, made friends everywhere you went. And the most important thing, Adam, and, and this is kind of an ode to my mother. My mother told me something when I was a young man, and it stuck with me forever. She said, Jay, you always leave a room the same way you entered it. As a that's, ge- as a gentleman, yeah, that's deep shit. You always leave a room as a gentleman, or you always leave a room the same way you entered it, and that's as. A and man, I'll tell you something, dude. I I really really live and try to exude that. No, that's some that's some extremely deep shit. Because if you come in with the air of an asshole, nobody's gonna uh, respect you or feel any other way of you. And then when you leave, you're still an asshole. Absolutely. And if you come in as a gentleman, you will leave as a gentleman. Absolutely. Regardless of what happens in the middle, you can still have a good time. So that was the trip, man. That was the nature of the trip. 6,300 miles. It was an amazing, almost 6,400 miles. And it was amazing. It was well worth it. Uh, I would literally give both my nuts happily, um, you know, to do it all over again. Um, I wish that I could have shared that with you guys. I wish that you guys were on the road with me. I wish that a lot of folks were on the road with me, but it was so nice because you're riding in this solitude, just like you experienced. Right. And just like Seth experienced, like he was talking about earlier, Seth experienced this solitude of just riding by himself and being in his own head and working through certain issues. And you know what, man, as, as kind of the season finale, kind of wrapping up the entire season and talking about everybody's rides and everybody's experiences. Think about it. At the end of the day, everybody kind of, uh, 
every kind everybody kind of resonates the same kind of experiences where they came they came more they became more in touch with themselves they became more aware of who they are as human beings they became more in touch with what is right and what is wrong what they should do and what they shouldn't do and that's the beauty of riding a fucking motorcycle oh absolutely you have no excuse after that like once you spend that much time with yourself if you're not a better person at the end of it that's on you you're you're with yourself learn how to love yourself learn how to be with yourself and understand that other people are themselves yeah and I I feel like this is the ultimate like shortcut to getting that kind of enlightenment is just riding a motorcycle as long as you can understand what's coming at you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I I would I would argue to say that the most profound individuals that I have met in my entire life have been people that have r- rode motorcycles or ride motorcycles. Um the most profound and most reflective people that I have met are people that ride motorcycles because they are now, they have now put themselves in an opportunity to be by themselves. It doesn't even matter if you have a backpack. It doesn't even matter. And now for those of y'all who don't know what a backpack is, a backpack is a passenger on the back of your bike. Oh, right. Yeah. So, you know, to have a backpack, right. Or to have somebody, a passenger, regardless at the end of the day, you can even have your Senna hooked up and, and you're, you're, you know, you and you and this person are talking on the road, but at some point you, there has to be a quiet space and it's those moments. I mean, shit guys, I, I might've wrote a book about my entire life. I mean, now mind you, my entire life consists of only 33 years. Wonderful. Great. But I wrote an entire story, an autobiography of my life on this trip in my head. And you know what? I don't necessarily need to share that with anybody to feel fulfillment. It was just the fact that I was able to sit and reflect on all the crazy shit, whether good or bad, that I've been able to endure in my entire life and how I still, till today, put my hands back up and I fight again. Absolutely. So... If there's anything that I can give to our awesome friends and family and, and, and new friends that may be listening to this podcast is stop making fucking excuses, get your ass up, buy a bike, or if you have a bike, get your ass up, get on the bike. If it's raining, fuck it. It is what it is. Get on the bike and go reflect, go, go be one with yourself because as somebody that has rode as somebody that's rode hundreds of thousands of miles in his entire life, like what the hell are you waiting for? Right. And that's it. Like you only have so much fucking time. What are you waiting for? Yeah. Why aren't you doing it? Get your ass up, get on your bike. Right. If you have one, if you don't have one, right. How much, here's my question. This is what I ask people that don't have a bike. I'm like, how much is your sanity worth? Three grand, five grand, 10 grand. Your sanity is not worth that much. It's that hard for you to spend on your own sanity. Huh. People don't see it that way. We come from a unique perspective. Because they don't know. Been there. They don't know. I just, I just got to, and not to, not to brand push or anything like that. 1200 Sportster, 60 bucks a month. That's it. Brand new. That's warranty, it. Warranty, trip protection, everything you possibly want. 
$60 a month. Get you can your be out there. You spend more than that in gas that month. That's it. Oh, fuck get your lucky. ass up and yeah. go get you a bike. If you haven't bought a bike yet, if you haven't learned how to ride a bike yet, shame on you. Get no enrolled in the class. Get That's your it. ass up and go ride a bike. We got Team Oregon. That's like a zero knowledge starting point. Like Team Oregon starts with people who have barely even bicycle knowledge and they will teach you how to ride a motorcycle. Do it. Get out there. Take the class. Buy the bike. Go on the ride. Live your fucking life. That's it. And you know what? There's three of us here and one of us ha- asleep. There's four of us here, but one of us passes the fucked out. Uh, ain't that right, Seth? I got to say, this is the first time I've wound up in better shape than him by the end of an episode. <laughs> I'm kind of feeling good about that. Got to be first for everything, right? That over there. But that said, guys, I'm going to tell you this, man. Listen. Had we, had we four met each other if it was not for motorcycles? Fuck no. I don't think we would have ever met each other no, if it was not met. for. And if we had met, what the fuck would we talk about? Exactly. The fuck yeah. are we going to talk about? Like, all right, cool. Hey, stick your finger in my ass. All right, sounds good. Hey, cool. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm a proctologist. You know what I mean? No. Like, yeah, hey, buddy. Uh, I just met you, but uh, you want to go get a drink with me? Yeah. No. No. Fuck no. I don't the fuck? Know you. Oh, shit. You ride? Oh, Ada, baby. What do you ride? Right? Thank God you don't ride a street glide because that's a me too bike. But whatever. You and your fucking Harley guys, man. I'll tell you what. We chatted for five minutes. I know this spot out on the coast where we can get some beers and clam chowder. Do you want to roll? Fuck you know? yeah, dude. Yes. Let's go. Boom. Done. Hey, you're down at Kelly's. Like you, you. Hey, man. What's up, dude? I didn't know other people come here. Yeah, yeah. Cool, 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 man. Hey, we're about to go on a ride. We normally ride every Sunday. Oh no, shit. Where? We ride out from CC's at like around noon. All right, cool. Hey, we're going on a ride right now. You want to join us? Yeah, absolutely. Fuck yeah. Next thing you know, you end up at Skyline Tavern, and now you have three new buddies. Yep. Fuck and yeah. it's that fucking easy. You know. And then those buddies become what? Lifelong friends, if not family. And that's what we are. Yeah. We oh, have yeah. literally transgressed into family. John, I've brought you around my family. I've brought, my mother loves you, thinks of you as her own son, right? My lady loves your lady. Adam, I, I would gladly peel my skin off for you. Seth, I fucking love him. I Even though he's passing <laughs> nappy poo back there. <laughs> yep, Seth has passed the fuck out. So... Seth is over here. Dude, I would gladly give my life, lay my life on the feet for you guys because of fucking motorcycles. That's why. Literally. There's no other reason. There's literally no other reason. It is literally only the only reason that has brought us together is motorcycles. You just need to come and bond. And that's that's the thing. Like we're we're programmed from youth to find the differences in each other. And all you need is one common thread to to do away with all of that. So, it fucking I I have it, this is an honor, it is a pleasure. Uh, I am humbled to be here. I'm humbled to be able to share my story. Um, if my story was bullshit or it was boring to some people, I'm sorry. Um, I wish you would have been there because it was a lot, probably a lot more exciting than I explained. Words can't so much express more experiences like this. <laughs> yeah. It was it was a lot more. A lot more exciting uh, to, to be there than for me to just vocally express it. Um, if you want pictures, I'm more than happy to share with you. And you know what? Like, just the same way that I met you guys and I love you guys and I've taken you guys in as family, 
you know what, if you're out there and you're writing and you're listening to this podcast and you all of a sudden you're like, Hey, you know what? I want to go to CC on a Sunday and I want to meet these guys. And you all of a sudden end up here and you meet us and shit. I would be glad. I would be honored to throw my arm around you and be like, Hey, what's up friend? How you doing? What's going on? Hey, fucking, Hey, let's, let's go and share the stories with you. And then hear your stories. Fuck my story. I want to hear your stories. And Jay, man, if you want to give out any social media contact or anything like that, man, feel free. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so for, for everybody and for all the listeners, um, first and foremost, I love you guys. Thank you. Uh, appreciate the love and support. Um, ride more, talk less, uh, has a very, very deep, profound, uh, spot in my heart. Um, I have watched and been a side product of the continued success uh, of this beautiful project, um, of, uh, individuals like Adam, like Seth. Um, and as I had mentioned before, like, uh, Adam, Alexi and Jess, uh, and I love them to death. And these individuals are a constant inspiration for us. Um, so by all means, I have to tip my hat to them. Thank you guys. I love you guys. Um, but if you guys ever want to get in contact with me, uh, my Instagram handle is at the real J Jabari J A Y. Um, Jabari is spelled J A B A R I. And it's at the real J Jabari. Hit me up, send me a message. I'm more than happy to be friends with you. Um, and then on, in, on Facebook, it's just Ahmad Jabari. That's E M A A D last name. Jabari is the same. Um, find me, send me a friend request. I'd be more than happy to be friends with you, share stories, meet up. Hell, if you're on the other side of the country and I have the time and you want me to come visit shit, you better believe I am going to come and visit. I rode all the way to fucking Arizona to make a friend. I am not afraid to ride to Florida. Just make sure that you're ready to drink some whiskey when he shows up. Yeah, that part too. Please, <laughs> please. And make sure you have good whiskey because shit whiskey is just horrible. I mean, you're the first time that anybody's put fucking poor Seth under the table. Yeah, I do that. Yeah. I do that. Thank you, U.S. Army, by the way. Shout out to the U.S. <laughs> Army. Shout out to the U.S. Army for fucking my liver up royally. Um, but, you know, hey, so it goes. It, shit'll buff. That it will. <laughs> Adam, I love you. I love uh, you too, man. I love you so much, man. Thank you so much for having me. Tavi, um, I know you're not with us and watching anymore, but we love you, buddy, and uh, we hope uh, we wish a swift recovery for you and your lovely jaw. He'll pick up the second half of this later. Shit'll buff. Um, Seth, hopefully he wakes up sometime soon. John, I love you, brother. Thank you for always having my back. Dude, this is... Always good to kick it with you guys. Whether I'm on the mic or not, it's always good What an amazing ride, dude. Yeah. What an amazing ride for you guys. You guys got to hold your head high, man. What a thing you've built. What a thing you've built. Holy fuck, man. man. It's a couch and three microphones. It doesn't matter, dude. What a thing you've built. But look at how many subscribers you have. Look at how many people that you reach. Guys, just this simple act of spending time with friends and family, right? Just this simple act. Maybe something that somebody needs. Maybe maybe this is all they need to kind of get in touch with who they are as a human being. So you know what? Bless you guys for doing some shit like this, man. Man, we're here. Anybody who wants to go for a ride, we're always here. Reach out. If we don't have time, we know somebody that'll ride with you. Yep. Uh, it's just that's just what it is. And with that, we will uh call it a close for the season finale of Ride More Talk Less season one. We'll be back probably next week with season two starting up. Um one of the things we're gonna do in season two is we're gonna take one shot out of each bottle that we open and we're gonna pour it into a fifth bottle and at the end of the season, we're gonna drink that fifth.
Holy shit. So I mean, it's it, only fitting if it's this bottle. We did kill I mean, it on the can, last. It should be the one for the next. Well, let's start there then. Holy smokes. We All got right. some of that Woodenville left. We'll dump that in there to start with, and uh, we'll move out from there. Holy yeah. smokes. And with that, good night. Good night. Love you, bro. Thank <laughs> you.